Before starting the dad syndicate with Bert, I initially wanted to help divorced dads like myself to gain equal custody and also to step up as men and to be the fathers that they can be so that they find it easier to do this. Uh, although we've moved on to this general help for dads and men out there, um, I would really like to still do a podcast every month like this one focused on these issues. I want to encourage moms and dads who are not divorced to listen to this podcast as well so they become aware of the struggles and the trials and how hard it is for dads out there to get equal rights and equal visitation for their children. I also want to have a shout out to the Father's Rights Movement. I encourage you to all go check their website and their Instagram. And also, exciting news, we have our first sponsor of the Dad Syndicate, Notebook.de. So for all your cell phone and your tablets and your PC needs, go to Notebook.de. Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Dad Syndicate Podcast. My name is Thomas Kingwell, and I'm the host of this podcast. And along with my friend, Bertus Kutsia, we are the founders of the Dad Syndicate. Uh, tonight is a little bit of a different show. Unfortunately, uh, Joshua Laycock and myself recorded a podcast, and it got completely wiped out at the end on Zencaster. So unfortunately, you won't be able to hear Joshua's usual wise words and insights and his wonderful Canadian accent and the way that he says about in his very unique way. And you're stuck with me for a podcast this evening. However, I'm very glad to be doing this one because it's something that's very close to my heart. And as we said, the mission of the Dad Syndicate is to raise kids and, you know, become fathers that are stepping up and owning up and showing up in a way that helps their kids to be really successful adults and live confident lives and develop self-esteem and just be there for their families in the way that they're supposed to be. But we must always keep in mind that there are fathers out there that really are almost unable to do this, and at least unable to do this on a regular basis. So there are dads that either have their kids just on the weekend, or there are dads who actually have visitation rights, and because of some legal issues, or because of vengeful ex-wives, or you name it, they do not have the opportunity to actually even step up and be those men in their children's lives. And so this podcast tonight is dedicated to that, and as you might know, my past is also um, filled with that experience of getting divorced and then after the divorce not being able to have equal custody. And although I had probably more than regularly divorced dads, and yes, I know it's changing, changing in some countries, there are a lot of dads that still are out there and unable to achieve equal parenting rights and are victims of the system and victims of a system that allows mothers to make the choice and actually prefers mothers over fathers and thinks that this is a reasonable way to go and i've just had two stories in the last little while where the fact that mothers have more time with their children it allows them to implement certain things that are drastic and if it would happen to me i would be very heartbroken and i know it's very hard so Two men in the last while have their kids move with the mothers to cities three hours and then another one with uh, about four hours in between them to another city where the father has to leave on a Friday and go fetch the kids and then has to take them back to their mom on a Sunday morning, which really means that it's, I mean, difficult for the kids, I would say, to travel like that, but then also the quality of time that they're able to have and the length of time is definitely not positive for the kids. And this is because of this unfair situation where the courts seem to think that this is what is best 
for the children. And in Germany, it's called um, Kindeswohl. And it is really beyond me how this can even be in 2019 an issue or something that we are still talking about. The fact that I'm even sitting here at my dining room table talking about this, this at this stage is unbelievable. But we have to talk about it. And so I thought I would do this podcast tonight and I would provide you with a list of reasons why shared parenting and 50-50 parenting between parents is the only way to go. Now, I'm not talking about situations when someone is unable to do this. And that should go without saying. So there are certain circumstances where fathers are either, either inept, unable, don't want to, um, or don't have the financial resources to actually make this happen. But even in those cases, isn't it funny that when fathers don't have the, the finances to make this happen, the government doesn't seem to step in that much and doesn't demand the mother to pay the father. Um, so dads are really like strapped and kind of put in a situation where it's really hard sometimes for dads that don't make a lot of money to actually achieve this anyway. So I made a list when I went to court and when I went to mediation, when I was in the stage where I was still fighting for equal custody, I made this list of many, many points. And I'm not going to go through all of them tonight, but there are definite ones that I think if a, if a man or a father or a divorced dad out there is listening, I hope that you can use some of these to your benefit um, when you are going into these meetings and hopefully stand a bigger, better chance of achieving that 50-50 situation which I firmly believe and have witnessed in my own children's life is the best option possible. Now naturally being together with both parents is the best option but studies have shown research has shown that the next best thing is spending equal time with both parents. Uh, if a dad is able to, if he has the resources at his disposal, if he wants to then I think, and I think many people out there believe that that should be the automatic decision at the beginning. Now, if it is the automatic decision at the beginning, it will prevent so many things that come after that. And what happens is we start we start arguing and discussing things that happen after that without thinking that if you actually had that in the beginning, it would probably solve many, many problems. So I'll try to remain calm about this and try to remain reasonable, but it is very hard. And when you're in the situation, it sometimes feels like you are not going to get out of the situation. And you watch your children. And in my case, my children wanted to come and stay with me and wanted to have equal time with me for a long time. And it wasn't granted despite that. And I had to endure many, many hours in the social services offices and many hours in court and thousands of dollars um, or euros in Germany trying to achieve this, wasting resources that could be otherwise spent on my children, wasting energy, wasting time, and then having these, what would I call it, consequences in my life, in the children's life, and funny enough, in the life of the mother. Because I don't think that mothers really understand that grinding this axe and having these ulterior motives and having these agendas and always having to fight and always having to argue with the father and always having to deny this creates natural tension in the relationship which could in many cases be a quite friendly and a cooperative relationship and i think if we look at these points that i'm about to bring up that we will see that these or this arrangement where it is equal makes it much easier to deal with conflicts. It makes it much easier to deal with the actual issues that are in a children, child's life and that we're actually able to focus on them. So I'm going to jump into the list and 
and give you a couple of the things that I thought of and a couple of things that I came up with myself and some things that I found online and things that I heard from other people that made me really think and actually sometimes be very bewildered that I was in this situation. I used to sit at this very table and just say to my partner, like, why is this happening? How can this be? Many, many times kind of pointlessly just, you know, shouting through the night, like, you know, what's going on? How can I be in this situation? Now, I personally am not a perfect father and I make mistakes. In fact, you know, we do this podcast and we talk about being good dads. You know, sometimes I'm, I'm, I'm a dad and I think to myself, jeepers, Tom, you're a terrible dad sometimes. And that's because I just make mistakes like everybody else. But as a divorced dad, it feels like this pressure is on you to be something more exceptional and you have to step up even more. And that's why I did the previous podcast because that is what the actual truth is, is that we have different standards. You know, we have to step up above the norm and be almost these exceptional parents and show that we are really capable. Um, if we were still married to the mother, we don't have to prove anything. We can be the biggest asshole on the face of this planet, you know, and as long as we don't abuse our children, it's fine. The children can live with us. But get divorced and want equal time with your child. All of a sudden, you've got to prove that you are this super dad and you don't make any mistakes. You don't miss any doctor's appointments and you're always there for every school thing and you notice everything and you keep every nail cut short and you keep the hair perfect and no one gets... You know, no one gets hurt here or hurt there or, uh, you know, if someone gets a headache, it's your fault. Um, it's kind of ridiculous and it puts a lot of pressure on yourself and naturally it puts pressure on the children because you have a much shorter fuse. You're not relaxed. And I think that a lot of dads are suffering from this. Now, this is not a joke. This is a life and death thing. It is a life and death situation for many dads. And if you go and look at the statistics of how many fathers who have been in this situation have taken drugs have actually ended up committing suicide, which is the most drastic form, or just being depressed and have fallen apart and been, not being able to hold down jobs anymore because living without your children and living in a situation where you're helpless is terrible and it like breaks some men. So the last podcast that it is to just help us to step up, to realize that we can do this, to believe in ourselves and to believe that we're good enough and to not give up the fight and to not lose hope and I hope if I'm talking to somebody out there, guys, don't lose hope. It, I mean, for five years, I did this thing. It felt like it was never going to end. And it put so much pressure on me. I lost my cool. I didn't act in a, in a great way because I didn't see the light at the end of the tunnel. And I hope that you can see the light at the end of the tunnel. And I hope that some of these things that I'm going to say tonight are going to help you to achieve that. And not just for you, you know, at the end of the day, I feel like I'm a grown man. I can take these things. And at the end of the day, I can... I can rationalize and I can be reasonable. And I spoke to the other dad today that has the situation. He was like, you know what? The situation sucks, but I'm going to be above it. I'm going to be the dad my children need and I'm going to be positive. And I said to him like, yes, I get that. It's so cool, but I just, I just can't deal with how unfair it is. And I'm not going to let it lie. And none of us should let it lie down. And those dads out there listening to this that are not divorced, and I hope there's still guys still tuned in for this because it is important. It's important that you step up as a dad. It's important that you stand by these other dads and that you don't just accept this. Because also what I see is these enablers and people that feel sorry for these mothers and actually don't understand that there's two sides to the story. In fact, there's three sides to the story. There's mom's side to the story, which is very often tainted with anger, resentment, and vindictiveness then you have the dad's side of the story which might also be tainted by those things and yes in fact it was at times but then also you have the side of the children and for some reason it doesn't matter what the children say in some circumstances and when it does matter how true can it be because on the other hand this whole thing of not having equal 
equal custody and one person having the power allows someone to alienate the child against another parent, allows the, the parent to manipulate, it allows the person to speak this in and, and children have been completely manipulated to never want to see their father again. Now, for me, that is the most unnatural thing that can exist is a child not wanting to see their father and that the court and the people out there don't see that that when this is happening, that something has gone wrong, that someone has been influencing this little child because that cannot be the case. Now, I'm not saying there's exceptions to this rule where a father has been abusive, but you know, we all know how much our fathers meant to us. It doesn't matter what our father did to us when we were younger. It doesn't matter the relationship that we had. We still wanted to be in our father's life. We still loved our father. So for a child to say that, I think it's drastic and I think it's, I think it's abominable that people actually believe this. And we have to do everything we can to stop this happening. And we need to do everything we can to allow fathers to have equal rights to mothers. We can do this. I do it. And speaking for myself, it's not an effort to go, oh, wow, I'm amazing. But I'm a school teacher. That is my job. I've been working with children for 15 years. I earn a good salary. I have a nice house with a garden. I play with my kids outside. I take care of them. I'm someone who takes interest in their schoolwork. I read with them. I don't let them watch an inordinate amount of TV. They don't have devices. And we have a routine at home in the morning and the night. And I would like to say that although I'm not perfect, I think that I'm a good dad. Yet I was forced to have to fight for my children for years and years and years and just think to myself, how can this be? And I know there's many dads out there that are capable. And you know, when you actually give someone a chance, even if they aren't really stepping up, you will see that when you start having children, a guy will also, many men will step up in that situation and will become good. But anyway, I'm a bit of a rant now. And, um, but it's the truth. And, I'm not, and we can't just talk about this in a rational, reasonable, nice way. Sometimes we have to talk about this in extremes, in, in extremes and say, this is enough. Enough is enough. The courts have to change their mind. The courts have to start realizing what is happening. It is so, it happens so many times that I can't believe they don't start seeing a pattern. Like after years and years and years and years of these things and of mothers abusing the situation, getting money from fathers because of it, that no one's like opening, not no one, but in many countries and in many situations, mothers are still being allowed to get away with virtually murder. And at times it's child abuse. It's just abuse. You know, turning children against their fathers, denying fathers equal time to, to get money. These are the kind of things that happen. And even when that isn't the motive, it's hard for a father to see past that because we just don't understand. I just don't get it. So uh, as we move through this list, I hope you got a pen and paper and that you take some, some notes here. I'll try to give this to Bert and get him to write a little bit of a, a list out for you. So number one reason why it's good, more quality time with the father. Okay, it's been proven by research. Please listen or read Warren Farrell's book, The Boy Crisis. Many, many research-based findings there of why more quality time with a father is beneficial for children. This is a positive role model in their life who's able to facilitate and teach different activities to the mother. Now, I'm not saying mothers can't do these things, but it's more, I don't want to say natural, but it's more common for fathers to do certain types of activities and be a little bit more wild and, and push the boundaries a little bit. And this is good for children. It is not bad for children. So that's the first one. Number three, time spent with other siblings. So if children have siblings in both families, so in my case, I've got two little children and my kid's mother has, has um, a little boy as well. Why on earth should the children see their one sibling more than the other? I don't understand how that can be the case. Um, both are their flesh and blood. Both are as important to them. And it should just, unfortunately, they can't spend all the time with my son, James, and unfortunately can't spend all the time with the other brother. So 
the only way they can get the best of both worlds is to spend the same time with them. Number four, when children are spending a weekend at a father, how on earth are they supposed to have develop a routine? So the routines at their mom's house, they go to their dad's house, the mom's routine is completely messed because they've been at their dad. Now I've seen this as a teacher with children at my school. They come back after the week with a weekend with a dad and they are far less relaxed, they're more anxious, they're behaving badly, they're acting up. And it's no and it's and then the mothers are like, Oh, they've been at their dad, it's been so bad. And I'm like, Well, no kidding, they are acting up. They're not used to being there. Then they go to dad. Perhaps he's he's, you know, resigned himself to being the fun dad, the party dad. You know, he's got no ability to routine. He doesn't, he's not in contact with the school as much. He's probably not as invested in the homework. He probably doesn't have as much as a routine because he doesn't need to. The kids are there, they have fun. Then they go back to mom, continue with that routine, but have to get used to that again, have to get used to the school routine again. So when a father has equal time to the mother, which I do, I create my routines. I keep in contact with the mother. We try and keep uh, the bedtime similar. We read with the kids. We try and get them to bed at, at the same time each night. And I'm able to do their homework and to keep up with what's happening at school. Now, I'm lucky my kids come to my school. But it just it, it's better for everybody. And they feel more relaxed. And since they've been in this, this rotation, now I'm biased, but I definitely think there's been a marked improvement and I can see it in their school results and I can see it in their behavior and in their happiness in how they are. Um, number, number, number five. So there's less chances for point of conflict where the children and the children can witness. So when, when you have this week by week, for instance, you just swap on a Monday and you swap on the next Monday and there's less chance for conflict. There's no more arguments about who has the children when. There's no more arguments about who has them on this public holiday. There's no more arguments about who has the kids more. Now, in my situation, what started to happen is I started to try and get my kids as much as possible, obviously, which makes sense, correct? In that I obviously want to, first of all, spend as much time as possible, but I also wanted to spend more time with them because I wanted to prove that I'm so part of their life. Now, I don't want to have a motivation on my, you know, on my list there, oh, I want to spend more time because I actually want to achieve equal time with them. But that became an issue. And what do you think happened on the other side? That person tried to limit time. So when they noticed that I was starting to have more time, they started to try and limit time. So when it actually became things like Father's Day or these things, they try to prevent me from having this time. Take that away. Give me 50%. Give mom 50%. Where's the conflict? What are we arguing about? And in this case in Germany, when one parent has the child just a little bit more than the other parent, the other parent has to pay that person child support. Now, I'm not saying that you don't pay um, pay money when you don't have a 50-50, uh, when you do have a 50-50 um, arrangement, because obviously if one person's paying less, you want to keep the same standard of living at the one house and the other house now. I get that, okay? It's not that great sometimes, because obviously one person can choose not to work, and not to work for ages, and the other person is working because they've got a job and they've been working and working hard, they have to pay the other person. However, when it's 50-50, you end up paying what is a fair amount. And that for me makes sense. Um, unfortunately, when it's not 50-50, then one person benefits. And hey, if I'm getting, you know, basically thousands of euros or dollars for having my kids a little bit more than the other parent, why would I give that up? Or, you know, there's no point. There's no point to giving up my children. I'm getting money. I'm getting paid for it. So... And it's not good because then it looks like the father and people thought this about me. Um, oh, he, he, wants to, he wants to get his kids because he doesn't want to pay child support. Now, that is the most ridiculous thing in the world. But what is true is I don't want to be denied equal rights and spending time with my children and then have to pay for having less time with my children. 
And that's basically what's happening. Dads want to spend time with their children. They're saying, hey, let me have equal time. The women are saying, or the man, if it's if it's same time, sometimes in, in other cases it's it's um it's switched or flipped. But in most cases, especially in Germany, it's the dads that have the situation. And then people think that they want to have their kids more so they don't have to pay money. No, come on. Like that is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. So, anyways, luckily money plays no role when you have equal. So the next point is children see parents as equal and fair partners. Okay. When one parent has more control or more power or more time than the other one, naturally that parent has a bigger role to play in the children's day-to-day life. And even if they don't, it's a perceived by the children. They perceive the one person is making the decisions. And unfortunately, I have to say that in these situations, whether people like to admit it or not, the mother has way more power than the father. When the children live majority at the mother's house, she has way more control over things. She keeps things like the passports. She has... You know, she has, she pulls the strings. She can basically take the kid um, and deny you the kid when she wants. Try that as a man. <laughs> Not so easy. And uh, there will be major consequences. Just the other week, I heard of a, a woman who basically took her kids, um, uh, registered them at a new kindergarten, got a new flat, moved out of the city, moved three hours away without telling the dad, basically just phoned him from the other city and said, hey, I'm here now. <laughs> You know, uh, and that kind of thing. I just think to myself, and my friend was saying tonight, uh, what if a dad would do that? Can you imagine if a man would do that? And and when that is the case, you know, it just has to be wrong. You know, it should be the same thing for both parents. No one should be able to just leave and go away and do what they want or deny the other partner time with their children. I mean, that we talk about these things as tragic that people would even do that to their children. Um, because I, the last thing I want to do is take my children away from their mother. And I know that she's important. I know that they need to have their mom. And so I never wanted to push for anything more than 50 because yes, I'd love to have my children permanently at my house, but that's not the best for them. So anyway, seeing parents equal, and that's very important into the children to see, oh, my dad's important. My dad, what he says is, is important. I mean, how, how bad is it for children to see their father as someone who's powerless and has no say and just gets pushed around by their mother? It's terrible for boys to see, um, especially to see their dad and just think like, wow, is this, this is what, what happens to, to guys and this is what I'm like. Because kids identify with their parents. They identify with both parents. And that's why as parents, we should as much as possible is uplift the other parent so that the children obviously can see themselves because they see themselves in their parents and they relate themselves to their parents as well. And when they see one of them powerless, they start feeling empower- powerless as well. So next one, when you finally have 50-50 and I'm living in it now, me and my ex are having constructive discussions about the children. We are focusing on the important issues of the children. We're talking about the health. We're talking about the schooling. We're talking about the holidays and who's taking them where without this stress and this extra pressure of one trying to deny more time and one trying to get more time. It's not an issue anymore. We don't have to discuss it anymore. So all that time that we discussed in this, and this was hours, and those of you out there who have the situation, you know what I'm talking about. How much stress and hours we talk discussing things that, are, that do not actually pertain to the welfare of our children. Um, 
And since that's gone, it's amazing. Like the last year, we just talk about those issues. Now, is a perfect no because it's going to take time for both parties to forgive. I mean, I feel I really have to forgive in this situation because I don't know why I should feel like I am the aggressor when all I've been trying to get is equal custody. And 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 people sometimes said that to me. And in fact, my ex said that to me. She said, "Why are you trying for fifty percent?" And I was like, I stood there in the social services office and I was like, "What?" the hell like how can you even ask me this question it's almost like I assume that i should just give it up and go fine and i was told to give up well too bad i didn't so once it's gone you can have better discussions focus on the kids stop focusing on your anger of each of the other person and your like power plays because it's a waste of time now my kids we can actually move forward so then we move on to decisions being trusted is solely beneficial for the for the children which which is linked to that one about constructive constructive discussion so instead of thinking ah she's making this decision because she wants to prove that i'm a bad father or she's making this decision to get more time or to deny time or she's like oh he's trying to do this to get more time or he's doing this to manipulate or she's doing this to manipulate the children it's like well there's nothing to be gained from it. So there's much more trust now. It's like, okay, well, she wants to take the kid to the doctor for this, or she writes me a little note about or this or that or this little issue, which hasn't really happened even anymore, which used to happen much more. <laughs> like, you haven't cut fingernails, you didn't brush hair. In fact, it was me that sent the last message about um, cutting fingernails. <laughs> but I can send it, and there's no, there's nothing behind it because I'm not trying to get anything. I'm just looking at my kid's fingernails and going, wow, they're at their mom this week, uh, and I, I have a different situation because I drive my kids to and from school during their mom's week. But, you know, when I'm in the car and I've dropped them off, I was like, okay, well, they need their fingers cut. And there was no issue with that. Whereas in the past, these were little bones of contention because I felt that everything was being added up. And what do you know? I was right. Because <laughs> sometimes these things would come in the court letters or come in, 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 in messages and just start a whole a whole rigmarole or a whole issue about this small thing because it wasn't trusted. Now I'm like, okay, well, I can trust the decision much more. I can trust what they're doing much more. And so that's excellent because once you do that, it stops a lot of conflict as well and then develops more trust in the relationship and actually you start saying, okay, well, I'm not going to be suspicious of this decision. So we move on to a different kind of topic, but this is also important. You know, when kids live at the mom's house, then obviously their center of life is more there. Now, this is an issue and actually an argument against the 50-50 model because some people, right or wrongly, believe that children should have one center of life. Now, I beg to differ that if a child is not living with their father as well, then they don't have one center of life because a father will always be a center of their life as well. And to make a center of their life so small and to make the other center of their life so big, you are always disturbing it. You're always going to be disturbing one or the other. And children have two, two centers of life. And they should be able to feel at home in both places. Now, how do you achieve that? The only way to achieve that, and I don't want to hear about this nest, this nest model where parents have to like move in and out of one house because I don't know how on earth that is supposed to work, especially if people have new partners and new kids and have to move those kids out of houses and stuff. I mean, I don't know who came up with this, but... I don't really understand it. If someone wants to post on our Instagram or write me a message about this and explain this to me, how on earth this is supposed to work, um, please, please feel free. But when they have, when they're able to stay at my house for a week or whatever length of time in their mom's house for a week, they're able to develop friendships and relationships in both areas. So that when they're at dad, it's not just I'm going to dad and hang out. I'm going to go live my life there. I'm going to go and see the neighbors there. I'm going to just go and play with those people. I'm going to get to know my dad's friend. And so they have this much bigger 
um, resource of people and relationships and and different contexts you know it's sometimes very different me and my ex have very different lives she lives in the city i live in the countryside and i think it's quite nice for my my kids their their stepdad there um is very much into technology i'm i'm not well actually sometimes i am because of this podcast and instagram and these things but i'm not i'm not in favor of that i don't really like that i like to be outside and and that's cool they get to have different things but to think that a child should spend more time at the one house than the other because they need to have one center of life and then not be with their dad you know the 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 time and quality time they spend with their dad far outweighs having to have one place of of residence or one place that's like the center of their life and i'm looking at it in my kids they feel at home with it with me they have a home here they have a life here they have everything they need here they have all their toys here they have their bikes here they have you name it they have a life here everything is here and this this is what's this, this ridiculous thing about suitcase children how can someone say that suitcase children are the children that live in an equal parenting model where it's 50-50? My kids don't have to bring a suitcase to my house at all. The only thing they might bring is bringing back clothes that they took that they were wearing when they went to their mother house and vice versa. They don't have suitcases. Who has suitcases? Who are suitcase children? Suitcase children are the children who have to go to their dad on the weekend and take their clothes with them and take everything that they want with them. So... You know, please give me a break with that one. So next one. Children are more happy and settled when they spend extended times at both homes. When I had my kids here, they used to stay here for four nights, then go back to mom. And then they used to come here on a Thursday again for one night and then go back to mom. And then they'd go through the whole week with her till Thursday again and come to me for four nights. They couldn't get in a rhythm and they couldn't get settled here. And if kids are going to their dad, even on the weekend, they're not settled. And like I already spoke about it, that that is a mess to their routine. It messes with their routine. It messes with how they feel. If they really enjoy being with their dad, as my kids did, then when they go back to mom, sometimes it can develop very big, great anxiety and anger within them. And at times it was, it was horrible to see that, you know, my children wanted to spend more time with me and they couldn't. And now they're able to settle here. They know it. They know they're going to leave Monday. And they're not happy to go sometimes. And probably they're not happy to come here from their mom because they get used to being there. But, you know, they pretty much deal with it. And they get over it. And they go to their mom. And they spend time there. And they're happy to go. I never have the problem now of having to convince them or tell them, hey, like, you need to go to your mom now. It's like that's accepted. And they understand that. And so they're able to be settled. Um, And... I just think being able to experience their dad's home as a home and not a and not a place they're visiting. You know, visiting. How do you visit your father? I mean, you can visit your dad when you like left the house and you're studying or working or something. You don't visit your dad's house or visit your dad when you're like six years old. I mean, it's a disgrace, man. It's a flippant disgrace that you give fathers the visiting rights. So whoever's listening to this, hopefully other people are listening to this are involved in these kind of things and can do something about this because to even talk with father and visit in the same sentence for me when a child is younger than the age of 18 is just stupid and ridiculous. So it's also another one is a very small one. It's just easier to arrange family visits from, from, from family members. Now I live overseas, so this is was quite important to me is that it was quite hard to arrange like my dad and my mom to come to visit because I had to like fit it into like some one weekend out of two. Now I have like a week and um, that's much easier and then also we don't have this conflict over time so there's never like this there's, there's not a problem so if my dad comes now it's much easier to just swap a week or swap a time there than it used to be you know it used to be kind of this game plan and and not willing to really swap you know not willing to kind of allow these kind of things as easier now it's much easier to arrange family visits 
and also um, festive season arrangements as it won't affect the arrangement. So for instance, Christmas, Easter, these things don't become like a power play. They don't become uh, instrumentalized to get more time or to refuse more time or to have influence in the kids' lives. It's basically, it's so easy. We just go, okay, you have this holiday, I have this holiday. Yeah, we sometimes have to discuss because of, because of, um, what's the word? Hmm. Why am I forgetting this word? I suppose there's a lot going on in my head. Um, logistics. So, yes, it's difficult because of logistics sometimes. Because, you know, there's different arrangements. One parent's working and maybe the other kid's in kindergarten. But generally, it's, it goes off without a hitch, you know. And if there are a discussion, it's a discussion. It's not an argument anymore. And I love that. I love that we can just discuss. Okay, who gets the child here? here? Okay, cool. Yeah, you know what? You have to celebrate with your whole family, which I did last time. I was like, you know what? I want the kids also to celebrate with their grandparents and all this thing on your side so you can have them as well till this time on Christmas Day and then they can come to me. So it makes it much easier. And um, then we move on to what I've, did, what I've alluded to already, which is the research. The latest research shows that children in this arrangement experience less physical, emotional, and psychological problems later on. So children living in this actually have less of the things that people are claiming they have more of when they actually live in this model. The research is out there. Go and check it out. I'm not going to go into this in huge detail, but once again, Warren Farrell, the boy crisis, go check that out. Way less stress on children. Less stress. Not, I mean, look, it's not the perfect situation, but it's the best one besides. Um, also, this arrangement allows a mother to have more time. And this is something people don't realize, um, is that when the father has the child, I mean, parenting's tough, man. Being with the kids all the time is tough. Yes, I miss my kids when they're not here, but when they aren't here, then I am able to do different things and take care of different things. And moms also who actually have a father who's engaged like myself um, can actually be happy in, in the knowledge that the kids are taken care of, that this person is going to be there, that this person can take them to the doctor, that this person can jump in. Um, like in my son's case, I take him to the hospital, um, which, he, which I have to do regularly. And you have this partner that's able to actually like fill gaps and actually also help the kids with homework and do those kind of things. And also relieve stress so that when the kids are gone for a week, hey, you also got time. Yes, it's not nice. Yes, it's not cool emotionally. Um, we, all, we all get sad. And a lot of people that get into this in the first place, it gets very, it's very hard in the beginning to let go and say, I can't imagine being with my kids for seven days. Well, welcome to the freaking club because it wasn't nice to not have my kids for 10 days and at times like three weeks. You know, and everybody wants to cry about these moms. Oh, I haven't seen my kid for seven days. Yes, it's tough. But what about dads who see their kids like two nights in, in 14? You tell me that. How does that feel? That feels terrible. And don't just think because it's men and they're emotionless. It's not. Dads kill themselves because of this. Now, it sounds sensationalist, but this is a fact. It hurts when you're not with your children. But if you are parents, you're both parents, you're both equal parts of these children's life. Only one. There's only one solution. So there's no, you know, on top of these things, you know, you've got the, the fact that more resources are available to the children because they have things at both houses. They meet a wider range of people, as I've discussed. They are able to develop better relationships with their step-parents. So, for instance, obviously my partner would not see the children, children as much as, as the other step-parent. And obviously for her it was difficult at times, especially when we had little children as well, you know, to have the children come in on a Thursday night and then have to go back on the Monday 
was tough to obviously develop that bond. Now it's much easier when the children are here. They feel at home. They feel more relaxed. There's more routine. She's able to be more of a mom to them as well. So it enables her to actually fulfill a much better role and feel much more part of raising these children. Not just a weekend mom that has to do all this hard stuff and slave away and gets no appreciation or no satisfaction. Yes, it's still hard and it's not easy to raise other people's children. Um, for sure and uh, we have to give big kudos to those step parents out there who do look after the kids and I do have to give um, a shout out to my partner who's been amazing to my kids and has done so much for them but it was so much harder when the kids would come here for a weekend and then disappear on a Monday and not be able to actually you know play that role of the mother it's, it's, it's impossible it's not it's not it's not possible to do that and and I think we should give those step parents the better chance to actually also have routines and stuff and to be part of those children's lives and that happens when you have equal parenting so we move on to where this is being practiced now I don't get it because there are enough countries like Sweden Belgium and other countries that practice this arrangement as the default so when parents get divorced, the default is equal parenting unless there is some extenuating circumstance that rules one out. Now, these countries are reporting results that are very positive for, for kids. There's less arguing between people. And even, even when there are a lot of arguments and high conflict situations between parents, children are still faring better in equal parenting. So... I just want to say a nice little shout out to the family court here in Germany. What you say is bullshit because they think the parents have to communicate well to actually achieve this. Now, I'm not saying that good communication is not better for the children in this situation, but research has shown that even when children are living in high conflict parental situations where the parents are fighting with each other, they still fare better than when they're living only a weekend at their dad. And, and, and at them on because there's still going to be conflict in that situation anyway and as I've already shown is that when you have this 50-50 arrangement the conflict dissipates so hugely it is unbelievable because what are you fighting for you're not fighting for anything anymore it's equal as it should be so the courts here in Germany the courts in America and other places in the world get your act together and start realizing the facts and stop talking crap about what their situation really is because it's not true and the research is out there and there's enough countries here in Europe for you to open your eyes and start looking at what's happening around the world and looking how we as dads step up and looking at how we father our kids and how much we love our kids as well and how much we actually deserve to be in our kids lives and how much our children deserve to have us you go and look at what happens in kids who don't have fathers in their lives and you will see that most of the people that are committing crimes that are failing at life are people that have not had good fathers in their lives. And we need to give dads a chance. And so enough is enough. And you need to change these things and bring in a whole new system and wake up very quickly. Because as we speak, mothers are doing these things. Mothers are taking their kids and going moving to other cities against the will of the father, meaning that fathers cannot play a role in their kids' lives. And this is a disgrace. It's a disgrace that this is able to happen. And it's a disgrace that people are able to deny equal access to the fathers because the, and then get paid by that. And then not only do they get paid by the father, they get paid all their legal fees by the state and get supported by the Jugendamt, which is the social services, or the dad just has to fork out, fork out, fork out money, and it doesn't matter how much he earns, he has to pay a certain percentage of what he has, which then denies him the ability to actually provide his kids with a, with a home that actually is suitable for having them there. So the whole thing is meant to like push men down 
And yes, I'm ranting and I'm not saying we have to get angry about this. And I don't want you out there to go like, oh, I'm so sad. No, poor me, because that's bullshit as well. And I also realized that this was a stupid attitude of me. And I said, no, I'm not going to be a victim. I'm going to make this place as much a home as I can. And as I said on the last podcast, and if you haven't listened to it, go over, listen to it. Because on that podcast, it tells you the ways to achieve equal custody. And now we're talking about why you should have equal custody. So now you have a little bit more ammunition, but you need to stay cool. You need to stay calm and you need to go listen to that podcast and realize that you have to step above all these people that seem to be, I don't know, it sometimes felt like they were out to get me. It was kind of like, well, hmm, I'm like the villain in this situation. I'm like, like the bad guy. And I was like, why am I the bad guy for wanting to be in my kid's life? So I think that's enough list for now. I mean, there are many other reasons. We could go on and on and on. And as you can see, I already have gone on and on. But I'm going to end this on the last one, which is human rights. You know, when people have equal rights to their children, which, which it should be, and when children have equal access to their parents, which is in the children's bill of rights, the children should have access to both parents. Now, it doesn't say equally, but it doesn't say that they should have more access to another parent than, than the other one. So when we are doing this to men, and when we're doing this to fathers, and if we do this to mothers as well, you are infringing on the rights, the human rights of that father. And you're infringing most definitely on the rights of children to be with their fathers and have access to their fathers. And the greatest access they can have to them while not infringing on the rights of the mother is to have equal access. So, guys, I think that's enough of a list to get you going. I think it's enough of a list to add that to your list when you when you have to go to court, when you have to go to mediation, there's so much motivation for this. I obviously can't provide everything. There's a lot of other resources out there. And as I've said, I'm gonna say it again because it's a very, very important resource. Dr. Warren Farrell, The Boy Crisis is, is an amazing resource and amazing for moms. And if your moms are listening to this or divorced moms, please go listen to that because there's a couple of chapters. I think it's chapter 19 where he really speaks about you know, what happens when children don't have their, their fathers when they're suffering from dad deprivation. And then he discusses the benefits through research or that research is seen of fathers having their children equal time. So I apologize if I went on a bit of a rant, but I think I was actually quite calm because I used to go, <laughs> I used to get way more passionate about this. And when I was in the situation, man, it drove me nuts. And I don't want it to drive you nuts. I don't want you to be at a loss. I don't want you to give up. Don't give up. And I don't want you to think you have to accept this because you don't have to accept this because it is not the best for your children. The best thing for your children is number one, that you step up as a man, that you own your life and that you become that father that is that is going to provide the life that they need. And then number two is that you fight till the last to be equal in their lives because that is going to make a huge difference in their lives once it happens. So stay strong. Keep the faith. And reach out to me, get hold of me. I'm willing to have chats with you. Um, anybody who's really in the situation that's struggling, I know it's hard. I know it's tough. Um, it's it's hard even for me to remember those kind of extremes of emotion. But there were really, really strong emotions in those times and feelings of helplessness and feelings of never going to be able to get out. And I can only attest that I did. You know, it happened for me. I provided the evidence. I worked hard. I made sure that no one had anything to say against me. And when they did, that it was shown to be a lie. And when we went, when it, when it came down to brass tacks, it was obvious that I really cared for my children, that I wanted them to be, be in my life and that they, they realized that this was their home as well. And they wanted to be there. And fortunately for me, and uh, I was very grateful to the judge that she was able to recognize that this was the best thing for my children. And, and I'm living in it at the moment. And it's not perfect. 
and I don't think it ever will be perfect. Um, there's never it's never just all water under the bridge, but um, since achieving shared parenting, I think it has improved improved drastically and i can only attest to the fact that you know as an objective observer you would observe how my children have have become more relaxed more happy and are able to to deal with things i mean naturally they're growing up they're kids man and this is the other thing that makes me mad is that children have problems whether they're in you know i'm a teacher i've got loads of kids who aren't from divorced family have issues major issues and i've got kids that have that are from divorced families that show very little you know behavior that is that is abnormal or that is harmful to themselves or is unhelpful, you know. It, it, it's it's not that. But then suddenly we have the kid that's in a divorce family and suddenly we start to pick up all the negative things and start to blame it on the fact that they are from a divorce family or that they're staying with their dad more. I mean, let's be realistic here and let's be, let's be rational, let's be objective and let's keep our children in the center. You know, a lot of these people in the family court say, oh, keep the child in the center, but but they don't. And us as dads... We need to do that and i'm going to own it right now i have not always done that i've put my own feelings my own emotion my own ego in the middle sometimes and i haven't been able to see the wood for the trees or to keep perspective but luckily unfortunately i've always been able to come back from those moments of where my blood has been boiling and to really think like no i'm really doing this for my kids and you know like the greatest motivation to be a good father and the greatest motivation to fight for these things is your children like i've never had a greater motivation to be a better person and uh I'm not there yet, but I'm getting there. And I hope that you guys are also doing that and that your children are also a motivation to be better. And hopefully your children and the love that you have for them, divorced dads, that they are a motivation to keep fighting and keep up, keep up doing what you're doing. And believe, guys, like don't, don't give up, man. Don't give up hope and don't, get, don't let yourself get pushed down and crushed by this unfair system. We're going to win. It's going to happen. And the more we get podcasts like this out and the more that like the Father's Rights Movement, shout out to them for sharing my podcast and other guys that have come on the podcast. And I really appreciate everyone that's been sewing into into what we're doing here and just doing what they're doing. You know, there's loads of people out there making a noise. And if you've heard this podcast, don't just ignore it, guys. You know, if you've got a friend or you know of people, you know, start spreading the word, start telling people what this is. You know, we need a lot of, um, we need like a groundswell of action and not just from divorced dads. We need action from from moms and dads and, you know, officials and who, you name it out there. We need you guys. We need your voices in this fight because this is a huge fight and we're fighting for, you know, for the lives of our children and we're actually fighting for the lives of fathers who, you know, some of us take drastic action. So, Thanks so much for listening. I really hope you got something out of this one. And I really hope that we are making a difference out there and that we are able to change this. So until next time, remember all the energy, time and hard work that you put into being the man that your family need and deserve is always going to be worth it. So be relentless. (laughs) 